This is USA Takedown, the best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now it's time for USA Takedown. Hello again, everybody. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. And that's that point where you say happy holidays between Thanksgiving and uh, uh, Christmas. Okay, so that's how we run it. Uh, we're still going to say Merry Christmas. We're still going to say Happy Thanksgiving and all that. But um, mm, mm, mm. this is USA Takedown. I'm Scott Casper. Barbarian Apparel presents this program. Take a look at their website. Order gear for your team or teams or individual stuff. They've got all the gear that you want, and they'll customize it as well. All right, uh, we're going to start the program a little bit early today, and that's good news for you because we get to cover even more wrestling news uh, Defense Soap guests include on this program a little later on in hour number one and hour number two, Nate Carr Jr. Uh-huh, uh-huh, wait for it. Kara, can you take that paper down so I can see your face, please? I don't know what that is or why they put that there, but i got to see me some Kira. Thank you, hon. We'll put it back up after the show. Not. Anyway, uh, Defense Soap guests include Nate Carr Jr. He's at uh, Lock Haven, Okay. And his uh, very famous and accomplished father, Nate Carr Sr., will follow, and that's in hour number one, and will wrap hour number one with a conversation with Caleb Nimmers, longtime guest host, co-host on this very program. We're going to talk about something called ducking. Now, Kira, let's say you were one, two, or three in the country at, uh, let's say, 125. Cool. I can imagine that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I can too. Uh, <laughs> but you're going to have to eat a lot to get to that weight. Okay, because you probably you're right around hovering around a hundred pounds. Probably, uh, I'm not yes, going to disclose say yes. that information on the air. <laughs> you can't fool me. Uh huh. But anyway, so Caleb's going to talk about this um, thing that's actually happening, and a lot of coaches are making this decision along with their athletes, and that's um, and there's some reasons why I don't always agree with, but I will tell you this: ducking is not doing us any favors on the collegiate level. So we're going to talk to Caleb Nimmers about ducking. Uh, in hour number two, the legendary Tadaki Hata, uh, Rob Cole will fill us in on the uh, recruits that he has coming in. And he's signed a bunch of top-level guys for Stanford Wrestling. So Rob Cole will be joining us, and we'll wrap hour number two with Julia Salata. And Julia has taken a new position. Uh, and, and you might remember her not just as a wrestler, but a wrestling coach at King doing quite well there, but also you might remember, uh, that she is that, that with, with the advent of women's wrestling, seemingly on a downhill run, if you will, uh, in other words, they're picking up speed, they need help. And how do you get recruited? Okay. And so she's just joined the, uh, the firm called recruiting accelerator. So we'll talk with her a little bit about recruiting accelerator and how it can benefit specifically our female athletes who perhaps may not have ever been recruited before the big news out of uh, Van, uh, mount vernon iowa division three cornell college has now added women's wrestling as its 20th varsity sport think about this as goes iowa so goes the nation when it comes to wrestling with the exception of pennsylvania the piaa has taken a step back in my estimation, perhaps that of uh, of many of you. They have restricted a certain group of kids from ever wrestling for the next three years. 
Think about this. Three years. You know, for many of them, this is their showcase years. This is how they get seen. But And some kids are actually considering moving out of state, going to New Jersey, going to uh, uh, somewhere other than Pennsylvania. That tells me that not only is the PIAA a little bit antiquated in their views, perhaps, um, they're being a stickler. And it's all about private school versus public school, okay? And we've all had this idea that private schools here in, here in Iowa, Dowling, for example, has had a, uh, a leg up on everybody else because they recruit. Well, I don't think they recruit as much as it's an open enrollment policy, right? And that is to benefit those people that have the wherewithal, the additional four or five grand a year to send their kid there and get a great education with some religious um, uh, overtures and over overtones, I should say. But I will, t- I will tell you this, that uh, I think they've gone too far. Uh, the Bassett's, Bo Bassett, even the dad has been penalized from coaching for two to three years. So we'll be talking a little bit more about that in this program for sure next week with Wade Shallis. Wade Shallis will be joining the program next week to talk about that. All right, so you've heard the news that Kevin Jackson has made the move to become a member of the staff at Michigan. This is another stop on his coaching career. And an outstanding move by not just Michigan, but by Kevin Jackson as well. Uh, he did a good job at, U- at USA Wrestling, but I think Michigan and all of those in the state uh, will benefit from the prowess of this Olympic Olympic legend, Kevin Jackson, to Michigan. Also to Michigan, I was on the phone with Bob Siriano and Nick Siriano talking about Nick's decision to take his last collegiate year yeah, has he graduated Rutgers? Yes. Difficult school to get into? Yes. Hard to even stay there? Oh, you bet. Rutgers, not easy. I always consider them the bad boys of the East, and they very well may be the bad boys of the East. But Nick Seriano started at Rutgers. Then he went to uh, Arizona State and now to Michigan, right? And I think I skipped somebody there. I don't have the documents in front of me. But what's interesting is, he may be able to step right into that lineup and make a huge difference for for Michigan uh, on the national hunt for a national title. So we'll be talking, I think, next week. It may be the week after with Bob and or Nick or both. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, we've already outlined it. I think it'll probably happen, but I'm very excited about that opportunity to talk to the Syrianos. And um, <laughs> as much as dad says, now, I'm not making any decisions. I, I let my kids make the decision and then they do what? <laughs> like every parent. Well, this is my, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, as you know, that uh, Tuesday was giving Tuesday and we encourage you to give to USA wrestling or a wrestling organization in your area that is doing good things and you wish to reward them with your support and your wherewithal, but uh, it doesn't have to stop there. Some of them, like the University of Northern Iowa, for example, are accepting, uh, uh, well, let's face it, money for doing good things like uh, pins, okay, pledges for pins. That's a heck of a program that Sandy Stevens came up with, and it's, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years. And uh, so I applaud my friend Sandy, but uh, that's just an example of a university doing something because somebody had a great idea. 
okay? And there's many universities out there that are adding women's wrestling that could use uh, some donations or some effort on your part to promote that program, that new program. Um, and I'm very grateful uh, for the opportunity for us to be able to continue this program to keep pounding that drum, keep beating the drum. Jesse Delgado, you might remember Jesse is an outstanding NCAA, two-time NCAA champ, three-time All-American. Well, Brown University has added him as a uh, member of its wrestling staff. And uh, Jesse's been on the show, outstanding young man, but an even better, I think, uh, coach in waiting. In other words, assistant coaches do several things. Work with the kids, become that glue between uh, A and B, Okay, the the head coach and the and the uh, the team and assistant coaches are so important. But when Todd Beckerman announced the hiring of Jesse Delgado, I thought, my goodness sakes, what a great hire. That's the program's newest assistant. Beckerman said that we're really excited to add Jesse to our coaching staff to the Brown University community. He brings with him a wealth of knowledge from winning and the mindset it takes to compete at such a high level. And that is it. Mindset. How do you see yourself? When you when you saw Kyle Dake's handwritten notes to himself and his goals were to be not an NCAA champ, but Olympic gold medalist, Olympian, over and over and over again. That's that repetitiveness that sometimes it takes, that visualization, you've heard that before, to visualize where you see yourself or visualize an accomplishment you wish to make, Okay. But Delgado, go back to Delgado. He's one of the nation's top 25 pounders in all four years while wrestling for Illinois and Jim Heffernan. Okay, so at Illinois, he won back-to-back national championships at 125. Is that something that can be taught? I think so. I really do. If you have the skills, all right, if you have the skills, I believe you can be a Big Ten champ or a MAC champ or ACC champ. But can you be an NCAA champ? Well, Delgado is living proof that you can be. And he looks forward to coaching the student athletes at Brown to be successful on the mat and in the classroom. That has become, I think, the most important thing wrestling has done for itself. You've heard about APR, uh, wrestlers being responsible for getting good grades, raising the bar, as it were, for an entire athletic department. Uh, I think it's pretty cool when these young coaches who were part and parcel to that that idea by coaches, you know, 4, 10, uh, maybe even 15 years ago it started. But now it really is the watchword, and it does work. Believe me, it works. And and Jesse Delgado perhaps is one of the, uh, uh, you know, benefits or has weighed in on his opinion of just that. Okay, so Tulsa has sent out the press release. Junior and 14U girls national duels will return to Tulsa in 22 and 23 at the Cox Business Convention Center. We've worked there. Great building, great community. They wrap their arms around the sport, uh, perhaps better than most around the country. Not a lot to do in Oklahoma, okay? Um, Certainly that would uh, test out the mettle of a wrestling fan, but I will tell you this. When it comes to wrestling, there's a whole lot of good folks that love wrestling down there, okay? Let's see. David Maricatani has a brand new episode of uh, his program on USA. I think it's uh, very important to take a look at it uh, and take a listen to it. Okay. It's a weekly roundup of news and rankings with David Maricatani and Mark Ostrander. 
And I invite you to check this out. Here's why. It's a preview of the Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite. Now, we've worked that event many times uh, over the years, but the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational. And, and this is a team. This is a team effort, okay? So who are the top teams and who are the top individuals likely to drive the train, as it were, toward championships in Las Vegas? And I'm going to tell you this. Right at the top, I got to put Michigan, especially right now. Okay. But six schools ranked in the top 15 of the latest NWCA coaches poll will be in attendance this weekend, including number four ranked Michigan. And I believe this Michigan fourth ranking uh, was prior to the uh, addition of Nick Siriano. So number four ranked Michigan, number eight ranked Ohio State in the Buckeyes, the ninth ranked Cornhuskers of Nebraska. Cornell, the number 11 squad in the country, and number 12, Minnesota, number 15, Purdue. And by the way, we'll be talking with uh, Kevin Dresser next week about the coming dual meet in Humboldt, Iowa. Uh, That'll feature the Cyclones of Iowa State versus the Boilermakers of Purdue. The following week, on the 17th, that's just a couple days prior to the event, will be the head coach of Purdue, Tony Ersland. The Boilermakers? The Boilermakers of Purdue. Oh yeah, you said, well, isn't that a Big Ten versus a Big 12? It, really, <laughs> it is. You know, it used to be we, we would see matchups like this, you know, quite frequently, but conferences have kind of put their fingers and thumbs down and say, hey, listen, got to stay within conference with the exception of a couple outside dual meets, okay? Maybe even what we call warm-up matches. Well, not a lot of warm-up matches left, but it's interesting that both coaches went to Humboldt High School. So there's a legend there for both of them. Their high school coach just retired. He was on the show. But now we're seeing these two guys get all amped up to wrestle in an already sold-out gym. I was uh, very excited when Coach Dresser asked if I would announce that event. And I said, yeah. I mean, we helped raise awareness and raise money for the statue that is in Bicknell Park right along the river. And that statue is of the great Frank Gotch, Mike Chapman's brainchild, but a whole lot of folks put in their pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, and dollars in order to make that beautiful statue in Bicknell Park right off the west end of uh, downtown. But, um, you know, it really is a homecoming for a lot of reasons. Sure, it's a legendary home of the great Frank Gotch, turn-of-the-century world heavyweight champ. He wasn't that big a guy, but by God, he knew his wrestling. And if you think a toehold, a spinning toehold doesn't hurt, here during the break, I'm going to show you what a spinning toehold feels like. You're no, you're no, you're ba- you're bowing out of that. All right, let's go back to the uh, the Cliff King. That event, by the way, features a lot of different and intriguing storylines for many fans to follow. Those that are in attendance or those watching. Uh, online, Stanford's Shane Griffith at 65 and Cornell's Yanni Dickmahalis will look to win CKLV titles. Wrestling will begin at 9 a.m. Pacific time today. It's 9 a.m. Pacific, so that would be 7, no, it would be 10, 11, 11 a.m. Central. Yeah, 11 a.m. Central. The tournament will wrestle through the quarterfinals today and then conclude with semifinals and finals tomorrow. That's Saturday. All wrestling can be watched live on Flow. Uh, and below, by the way, I, I will just read off a few of the highlights. 125 pound, who's in the number one spot? That's what we're going to look at at all weights. We're going to look at Patrick Glory from Princeton, 
Yeah, I said Princeton. How about that? Uh, number two is Devin Schroeder at 125 from Purdue and Ohio State's Malik Heinzelman uh, in the number three spot at 125. Now, the weight that has everybody thinking about what could happen is at 33. Northwestern's Chris Cannon uh, is the number one spot, currently ranked sixth in the country. Chance Rich, CSU Bakersfield, number 11 in the country. And Dylan Ruggison, uh, Ruggison, pardon me, of Michigan in the number three spot, currently ranked 19th. So my point in saying that this is a weight class you got to watch, what I think is interesting about this is everybody is so evenly matched at 33. So it really it is balls up in the air, you know, where they fall. Depends on who wants it more. I think it's really great that uh, 33 can be that exciting. Usually the lighter weights are exciting all by themselves. And all of you wrestling fans probably, most likely, will be taking a look at 41 as well. Clay Carlson of South Dakota State, number one. Number two is Andrew Alvarez of Northern Colorado. Chad Red of Nebraska. And here's my odd, odds-on favorite to win 41 is Chad Red. Remember, he was working out with Jordan Burroughs, James Green, at all at uh, Nebraska. Okay, Well, Chad Reed is a, is a full-grown man now. <laughs> there's a huge difference right <laughs> not full-grown man but full-grown man he's been on this program we love talking with chad red and we believe he will win out at 41 don't put your money on it just know that we are making a pick we seldom do all right i'm gonna want you to look up something university of iowa versus iowa state for this weekend okay oh, yeah. take a look at that maybe you can deliver the news there let's jump up to um Let's jump up to 49. Yanni Dickmahalis of Cornell in the number one spot and number one nationally. Sammy Sasso of Ohio State in the number two spot, also in the number two spot at 49. And uh, Yahi uh, Thomas of Northwestern in the third spot, ranked fourth. And Jaden Abbas, you've heard that name before. Abbas, right? Stanford? Mm-hmm. So I wonder who's going to be there. Rob Cole, perhaps. I bet he will be. Uh, as a matter of fact, Rob is scheduled to be on this program, so perhaps he can talk to us about the uh, the ability of Jaden, and more than anything, the, how prepared is Jaden to wrestle at this level? Because it's a big event, you know. Where once we had the Midlands to to look forward to, now we we turn our attention to the Cliff Keen. Perhaps they've moved up in level of importance. Canaan Store, by the way, number eight at one forty nine. Love that kid. All right, so the other weights to watch, uh, 157. Well, many around the country are talking about the talent this season at 157, and or for good reason. <laughs> I believe I believe it to be true. Many of the nation's top athletes will compete this weekend, including Deacon, a three-time NCAA All-American and a finalist for the 2020 Hodge Award. He leads the way, followed by Monday. Did I just say that? that? It's not Kenny Monday. No, it's Quincy Monday. Now wrestling for Princeton. Peyton Robb follows in the number three spot from Nebraska. Kendall Coleman from Purdue in the number four spot, currently ranked 12th in the country. Jacob Wright is right in there. Yep. From Wyoming, you bet. Fifth in the uh, roster and the lineup, if you will, at 57. And uh, Will Lewin from Michigan is in seventh. Justin Thomas, I skipped him from Oklahoma. So many in the country are talking about this weight class at 157. I'm also going to take a good long look and a good watch at 165. 
member, Evan Wick, on this program, made his dedication, left Wisconsin, headed to Cal Poly to go back home. Okay? San Luis Obispo. Evan Wick, number two in the nation. How did he ever get away from Wisconsin? I don't know. I don't know that entirety of the story. I just know that when he made his choice of going to Cal Poly, returning back to an in-state school of which he was once heavily recruited to, but he decided to go to the Big Ten. Had a heck of a time, and look at the wrestler he's become. So number two in the country is Evan Wick, number one at 165 at the Cliff Keen. Shane Griffith, we talked about him a little bit ago. Stanford, and remember, he was that guy in the black jersey at the NCAAs, the black jersey and the black singlet, uh, going out there and representing his team and doing quite well at the NCAAs just last year. So Shane Griffith in the number two spot, fourth ranked. I believe the I believed truly, I believe he's underranked at fourth. I really do. All right. We'll go to seventy four. When we come back, uh, we're gonna go to break here shortly, but when we come back I do want Kira to address the elephant in the room, Iowa State. Okay. <clears throat> By the way, how cool was that that uh our buddies from uh um stalemates were literally in the locker room or not the locker room but the hotel with the coaching staff of army and <laughs> army gets a phone call saying hey oregon state can't make it this is tom brands oregon state can't make it and we'd like to wrestle you this weekend and to say that i mean talk about a blessing but talk about a team in the right place at the right time the black knights accepted obviously and uh, we'll tell you about that shortly. 174, Mikey Labrolio of Nebraska, Ethan Smith and Chris Foca from Cornell. A lot of great, talented kids there. 84 pounds, Bernie Truax out of Cal Poly. He's been on the program. And he was one of those guys that was able to benefit from Evan Wick. Okay? So they're best buddies anyway. But Bernie Truax, great guy, number one, number eight in the country at 84. Tate Samuelson of Wyoming, number two on the on the um, top ten and number thirteen in the country. Taylor Vence of Nebraska, number eleven in the country, number three in terms of standings as we go into this all important event, the Las Vegas invite, the Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite. And it, it may be it may appear to be a wide open weight class. But I believe Cal Poly's Truex, perhaps one of the more improved athletes around the country, I believe he probably stands to win it out, depends on, depending on who shows up, okay? I believe he's probably a strong contender for the number one spot in an individual championship. We go to 97 as we take a look at the Cliff Keen, the 2021 Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite. Number six, Jake Woodley of Oklahoma. In the number one spot, he's currently ranked sixth in the country. Patrick Brucky of Michigan, number seven. He'll uh, take the number two spot in terms of seating. And then Stephen Buchanan from Wyoming, top three and number nine in the country. All right. Tate Orndorff of Ohio State will be there. Okay. And uh, Wyoming's Brian Andrews in the number two spot. Christian Lance of Nebraska currently ranked 13th in the country. These are all guys, that, and believe me, if you think the heavyweight is the heavyweight of five years ago, the, the weight class, it's not. We're starting to see plenty of guys that can be top contenders at all schools, and we are so grateful 
because, you know, football coaches are saying if you wrestled, we're obviously we're very interested to talk to you about wrestling as well. And if you're a wrestler, you're going to do well in football. Chances are because you've got a great lateral movement uh, skill set that most football players don't have. And we're uh, obviously very proud of the wrestlers, but at this point we're seeing exceedingly athletic um, wrestlers at the heavyweight class. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because there's a whole lot of big guys out there that are now making names for themselves. And uh, let's face it, Gable may have set the world on fire, but then all of a sudden you're starting to see guys like uh, the heavyweight at Iowa, uh, who I remember thinking, what do they see in this kid? Okay. And I watched him wrestle. I understand he's good, but look at him now. He's no longer that pudgy puffy kid. Now he's a mountain of muscle. He's got ability to move, ability to strike, ability to pin. And, uh, just, I just love it. I really do. And so again, Friday, that's today, 9 a.m. Pacific preliminary rounds of the Cliff King and then 6.30 p.m. quarterfinals and concies Saturday. That's tomorrow, December 4th. Constellation rounds will continue at 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Championship semifinal round, Constellation semifinal round, Constellation 5th and 7th. And the championship finals and third plate matches will take place at 3 p.m. Again, it will be broadcast on flow. Okay? Or or what do they call it? It's not a broadcast as much as it is a... Uh, um, a stream? Yeah. Flow Flow Sports does all sorts of stuff, but they're more like a streaming kind right, of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so great program on tap for you. And did you were you able to bring up the Iowa State News? Uh I have rankings. Yeah. I've got a schedule. Hmm. Is there There's gotta be something out there. Well I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break when we come back. We'll take a look at that. Perhaps at that point we'll be joined by either of the cars, Nate Carr Jr. or Nate Carr Sr. Uh, it's interesting time to be involved in our sport. I'm grateful to be a part of it. I know Kira is as well. So take a look at the Iowa-Iowa State, uh, Iowa versus Iowa State matchup. Uh, I think you'll find it to be one of great contention, and as it always has been. If there is, If there are a couple dual meets in the country that are important each and every year, Iowa-Iowa State and, of course, the Bedlam, uh, um, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Okay, and why is it important? It's because well, for Iowa State and Iowa, it's bragging rights in the state, right? And you have that underlying, uh, mm, I don't want to say pressure, but there's there's always going to be a bit of angst between Tom Brands and Kevin Dresser. Okay, As a matter of fact, Tom Brands said we're not wrestling. Virginia Tech, that's when Dresser was at Virginia Tech. We're not going to wrestle him at Carver-Hawkeye. No way. Dresser's a former Hawkeye. But for whatever reason, he and the Brands brothers don't get along. Well, at some point, the athletic directors have to step in, and guess what? This is one of the biggest matches, biggest meets in the country. I still remember when he said, we're not going to wrestle Virginia Tech. NC State's Pat Papalizio says, yes, we'll take the opportunity and you know what happened? <laughs> NC State went into Carver Hawkeye and beat the Hawkeyes. Man, the Hawkeye people were up in arms about it. So it's it's an outstanding, I think, uh, opportunity for wrestling fans to take a great big bite of something that they've all 
been interested in watching and being a part of, and that's that legendary duel meet between Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. I believe I'll be there. I'm looking forward to that. Tickets are available, by the way, on StubHub. Uh, and and you can be a part of it. There's a lot of breakdowns out there. Number one is Iowa. Number 16 is Iowa State, perhaps not ranked correctly, but we'll see. We'll see. Take a quick time out. You're listening to USA Takedown, Casper and Jones, as we come to you live this Friday from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. We're talking wrestling, mixed martial arts, a little bit of boxing thrown in there. And we'll be back after the short time out on ESPN. Stay tuned. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. Uh, the Sahak Duel is getting set to go down Sunday, December 5th, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 6 p.m. Central. 14 of the 20 wrestlers are ranked. And there should be five, at least five head-to-head matches. And uh, you can find out uh, what everybody thinks about this. A lot of the chat rooms, news groups are up and running. i got to believe David Carr, uh, who's currently ranked number one in the country against Caleb Young. I see David Carr winning that out, much like his dad. Whenever When his dad hit the mat, believe me, uh, for that matter, his brothers, okay? Every car I've ever known has done well. My expectation is always very high, and they seldom let me down. One of them joins me now, the senior, if you will, the mate, the patriarch of the family, Nate Carson, your brother Nate, how are you? Going well, Scott. Good morning. It's an exciting week. Uh, the culmination, it's almost as if the season could come to an end after Sunday. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a great big meal that you sit down and eat at Thanksgiving. Afterwards, what are you? You're tired. Man, I tell you, yep. what, I'm tired of being excited for this match. I want it to. I want it to happen now. Well, it, it's definitely going to be an exciting match, and as Coach Dresser was saying, it's uh, they're ready to meet the challenge, and the most important match is the one you have in front of you. So, well, that's I think where we're in. I think one of the most important <laughs> matchups is your. You have your granddaughter with you, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an important matchup right there. She's I, I didn't grab me right now. <laughs> I, I believe me. I had dinner with my grandson last night at a place called Red Robin. I don't know. Have you heard of it? Yes. I had never eaten there, and uh, good food. But most importantly, they could have put anything in front of me as long as I'm with my 15 month old grandson, and everything would have tasted the same. Because you know yes. what? The reason I was there was to see my two kids, and of course, my grandson. Welcome to the show, Brother Nate. It's an exciting time for wrestling. It's interesting that David Carr, uh, who I remember as a young man, used to call me on a regular basis to just keep his name out there. Well, he's he's keeping his name out there all by himself. How proud are you of his effort and his uh, ability to focus like a big dog on the job at hand? I mean, this has got to be great for Dad, yeah? Uh, yes, well, it's, it's it's definitely about him, but I'm proud of all my children, and sure, definitely David. He does have that ability to stay focused and keep everything in front of him, and he's excited. He's excited that his team is ready. He's excited to to be at Iowa State University at this uh, particular time, and we're excited about the match. It's interesting, and and I'll probably see you on the 19th of December. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, okay. Sure. Um, Wrestling has the ability to to 
dig into one's memory banks and and uh, the fondness that most people have for an event. Uh, and I hope this continues. But Iowa State has accepted the opportunity, as both coaches went to uh, Humble High School, but accepted yeah. the opportunity to wrestle a Big Ten program, the Purdue Boilermakers, in a sold-out arena already. The, well, I want to call it a gym. It's not really an arena. I'd like to think it is. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're wrestling, by God, it's an arena. Now, write it there down. You go. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, it's going to be crowded. It's oh, definitely God. going to be crowded. I, <laughs> I said to Dresser when he asked me if I would announce it, I said, do I need a ticket? No. He says, you're going to be working the event. I said, so guaranteed seat. <laughs> I'm so <Yes>. excited <laughs> for this event. But, you know, you've been a part of so much in your career, uh, not just, I mean, being there, doing that, giving back. Um, i got to believe that Nate Carr Jr., who, by the way, is looking more and more like you every single day. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yes, Nate's great. <laughs> this is, uh, I have to ask you, I don't know how, how closely you followed uh, the, the trials and tri- um, and tribulations, not not tribulations, but is that right, of, of, of Nick Siriano. Uh, okay. What are your thoughts on that? Because I like the transfer portal. Uh, he and Bob are doing a great job of utilizing the transfer portal to the, the best of their ability, and they're doing well. But landing at Michigan, what are your thoughts? Does that put Michigan in the top three? Yeah, for sure. Michigan's, Michigan's going to have a solid team, there's no doubt. And Nick Seriano definitely adds to that uh, because he's going to be one of the top uh, 125-pounders in the country. And he's definitely looking forward to uh, just the time I spent with him. He's looking forward to, you know, wrestling Spencer Lee. Yeah. His whole focus and that's going to give um, Michigan a, a strong team and especially if Massa comes back at 165 as well you know I, I, I forget <laughs> him periodically but one shouldn't look past Massa because he is that dangerous for sure yes but yes. Uh, he, when I think about kids like Spencer Lee we haven't seen him uh, at his best so far this year as a matter of fact he's not uh, scheduled to wrestle in the Iowa State meet at all it's Ibarra, Ibarra and uh, yes. Turkina yes. At, at, from Ohio State. I still think that's going to be a great bout at 25, but how much better would it be if uh, Spencer Lee were involved? We're going to be, talk- sure. we're going to be talking about something uh, a little later on in the program, this hour, actually. Uh, and the topic is ducking. Coach, do you know what I mean when I say ducking? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I get your meaning, yes. As a matter of fact, our co-host of the semifinals preview show at the NCAA's, our co-host, yours and mine, Wade Chalice, will wax poetically, I'm sure, next Friday about this very topic. So we'll talk about it today with uh, Caleb Nimmers. But uh, from a very unique perspective, we'll talk with, uh, uh, with Wade Chalice and also what's going on in Pennsylvania. Coach, how can you take away? I don't really care if there were rules broken by adults. Penalize them. But do you penalize kids three, four years from being able to compete at the state championships? Or, I mean, you got to remember, Pennsylvania is a state that voted to not add women's wrestling at the high school level. Mm. You know, so I, I have a, I have this problem with calling Pennsylvania one of the top schools states in the country when it comes to wrestling right now i do i re- i really truly do and i think i have the argument what are your thoughts on what pennsylvania has done 
to all of these kids. And and believe me, here's the deal. It's a private school versus public school ideology. That's exactly okay. what it is for me. What are your thoughts on what Pennsylvania's done? You know what? I'm, I'm not fully abreast of that. Okay, right and now. that's fair. Yes. I mean, for as close so as you are to the sport, <laughs> for as close <laughs> as you are to the sport, you can't be everywhere. Uh, at, at, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, so tell me. I know you, people are upset. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're and they are upset, and people are cautioning both sides before you make an opinion. Make sure it's an educated opinion by knowing all the facts. Um, if if wrestling is anything, it is loyal to a fault to what to that what you think is correct in other words if you're a fan you're a fan tried and true it doesn't matter you know everybody can appreciate a great wrestler doing a great job no matter the institution but when you see great programs like ohio excuse me iowa state heading in the right direction i mean you're you're legitimate when it comes to you know looking back at your time wrestling at iowa state winning two big eight titles three national titles and olympic bronze and you were fairly young then coach yeah you were fairly, what gable say what used to uh, flex and give now bends and breaks yeah. <laughs> i'm not quite there but yeah. <laughs> no you make it look good though coach i gotta tell you i don't know how much time you spend in the room or in the weight room you look good and the car family has a great patriarch in that has the sport served to define you and your the lives of your family? Yes, yeah, I think so. Just just with the number of brothers that have wrestled, and then you know, nieces, nephews wrestling as well. I don't have any nieces wrestling, but yes, it's 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 a great sport, and you know, just like the cliche, wrestling has changed my life. I, right. mean, I think that. Uh, that speaks well for my whole family. I love what you've been able to do around the country with your clinics, your camps, teaching not just technique, but refining something called the mindset. Why is that important for these athletes? We touched on it earlier in the hour, but in your estimation, why is the correct or right mindset so important? Well, definitely, you know, just as the Bible says, as a man to think it, so is he. Mm. Not so easy, so he think it. So basically, having an expectation of something increases for you to have what you're hoping for. And expectation is really important yeah. because you're saying, this is what I expect. And I think, you know, God has wired our brains that when we have that expectation, our mind and body work together to try to bring that to pass. We saw you and I have been privy to uh, the videos and and the promotions surrounding Kyle Dake. Uh, Dake, in his youth, sat, yeah. wrote out time and time again, I will be an Olympic champion. You see that? And so look at that expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, it works, as, it works just as well in the negative. So if you're negative thinking, you're going to go in that direction, unfortunately. Right. And so that's kind of like the placebo effect, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. That, that it really is amazing how your mind and body work together, mm-hmm. releasing different cor- uh, chemicals in the body uh, to move you in that direction. And so I think that's, I think that's 
huge. And so you really have to rep up. So one of the, one of my observations is a lot of people rep only from the neck down, not so much from the neck up. Oh, wow. And that's so, so true. Yes, yes. And so what you have to do is you have to spend time repping from the neck up. And you want to just a, a psychological term is just to reconceptualize. You want to rephrase the negative when they come to your mind and turn them into a positive. And you're and so right, that. though. The brain will, if allowed, will buy into a negative because in many cases the challenge of being on the positive side is harder okay, <laughs> right, right, than the easier sure. side of being lazy. Right. I, I always <laughs> say negativity Negativity in the world is a, it's on wholesale. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. There's no doubt. So you, so, you, so you have to be ready. You know, you have to manage your thoughts. I think that's a good way to put it, Scott. Yeah, you really don't. try try to manage your thoughts, and when bad thoughts come, you don't even want to speak them because the thought could be the root, so to speak. That's right. But what you say will be the fruit. So you almost want to just stop it from getting out of you. So from the root to the fruit. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Nate Carr, right, right. Nate Carr, I guess uh, I call him brother because he is literally uh, somebody I look to for all things positive. Uh, I know that there's power in prayer, and yeah, sure. uh, you've been kind enough to pray with me over the years. Everybody has dark times. Uh, yes. I've always been able to rely on you to help me realize that dark times are momentary. If you believe that's true. And and if you share that, if you're a wrestler and you lose, perhaps you're number one, perhaps you're number mm-hmm. two, and you lose, what do you do? I mean, you got to regroup, right? You got to rethink it. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? So, 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 Scott, that's important. I would say number one is never personalize your failure. Mm. So don't take it inside. So we're going to leave that mat, and we're going to look at it objectively. Perhaps the coach is saying, hey, you need to keep your elbows in. You know, that would have stopped him from hitting you with the duck under. Right. And so even making a few objective adjustments before I leave the arena, I will already know that I can beat that guy the next time. Hmm. So I'm not personalizing it. I'm looking at it objectively. Yep. So here's some things I'm going to work on, you know, and I'll be ready the next time that I wrestle that particular person. And so, And so that's really... So that's really important to look at it that way. And then, you know, and then not only that, but I want to make the, a mental adjustment as well. What was I thinking and what do I need to change? What do I need to change mentally? Perhaps I was thinking, you know, he was stronger than me, mm-hmm. you know. Well, then I need to rephrase that, lift weights, and say by the next time that I wrestle him, you know, in March, I'm going to be twice as strong. Mm. And so I'm, I'm putting it in the future tense because I can control the future but not the past. Now, how important is that? I mean, you think about <laughs> it. The, so many people dwell on the past. I've been guilty of doing just that, okay? I truly have been, and I see it in wrestling where it's a self-defeating attitude. It truly is. You are- it, it, it it is God. I mean, and you really, you really want to again reconceptualize it and rephrase whatever it is into a positive, 
and then you have to focus on that, you know, perhaps you could say, you know, for the next uh, 21 days, I will go over this new thought five minutes a day. You know what? And that's that's one of the ways to do that. I, I want to leave you with this idea, okay? When wrestling was at its lowest, we started becoming the loser. In other words, the words coming out of the mouths of guys that we respect so much, Gable, Douglas, et cetera, and many more. Uh, we're talking about wrestling dying a slow death, okay? And I mm-hmm. said, fellas, I said, they're listening. Bobby, mm-hmm. Bobby Douglas said to me, what do you mean they're listening? I said, they listen to you. You are their champion. You must be the champion for the sport. You and you yes. alone can change your vocabulary, your descriptor, the idea that uh, people listen to you and understand that you're saying wrestling's dying. I, 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 I held up my hand. There was two guys on stage with me before we went out for the interview, and that was Gable and Douglas. I said, change your vocabulary. I agree. Wrestling you was said, sick. What you said was... Is that right? Yeah. You're 100% right. And most successful people, most successful entrepreneurs have what's called a Panglossian perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's just a fancy word of saying somebody's really highly optimistic yeah. and they see the glass half full. Now, see, notice that's my expectation. And what, you must, what, you, what people have to see in sports and in life is the way your, per, your perception of the circumstances is actually greater than the circumstances. That's it. So when you have a positive mindset that's going to change the outcome. That's why your expectations is able to change any, has a potential to change any situation's outcome. My, so that's what you're saying. My great mentor. Yeah. My great mentor was the father of PR, Sigmund Freud's nephew. I hosted every birthday from 92 till he died at 104. And he always wow. said, you're climb every mountain. It's not just mm. a song. But you climb every mountain with the express intent on getting to the other side. But when you get to the top of that mountain and you take a glance out, what's out there? More mountains. Life is, like wrestling, life is a series of events climbing each mountain. It's up to us how we face it. And to, to their credit, and who the heck am I coaching Bobby Douglas and Dan Gable and how to speak? Well, you were, uh, in, in the context that I just heard, you were right. <laughs> yeah, that, in that case, and that's probably the only time <laughs> we've been doing... I wouldn't say to wrestle. I don't want, you don't have to wrestle them, but I do say that definitely in this context you're right. <laughs> oh, man. Nate, you know I love you and your family. And folks, if you, you, if you haven't taken a look at what his family has done. Now, remember, benefits of the sport. Uh, Nate and his four brothers hold the NCAA record as All-Americans. Nate Jr., all by himself, was a three-time state champ and won a junior college national title as yes. well. And he's a great coach, I'm sure. And agree. Uh, wonder why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nate, I wish you a happy holidays. I'm looking forward to seeing you the 19th in Humboldt, Iowa. As we bring it one yes. more time, I very well may see you this week at uh, on Sunday for Iowa versus Iowa State. This is how we celebrate. We get down and get on the mat and get to yes. it. My God, I love this sport. Thank well, you, God, Nate. Hey, keep up the good work, and uh, I'm so glad that God has you involved in wrestling. You do a great job. Keep, up, keep it going. 
brother Nate Carr, senior. <laughs> yeah. We've got to put that out there as long as we can. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nate, thank you for the time today, oh, man. I'm God. looking forward to it. Thanks for your wisdom. All right. God bless. God bless you. All right. Caleb Nemers on the other side of the break on ducking and how to solve this increasingly popular move by college coaches. Is it good? Is it bad? I'm indifferent. Let's talk to Caleb Nemers on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. This is USA Takedown. It's where the legends live on ESPN. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout. All right, here we go now. It is uh, USA Takedown across the coast, uh, across the country, coast to coast. Let's get to it, Kara. Across the across, country. Across the coast. <laughs> now you're going to screw me up forever. Just the coast. <laughs> yeah, just the you coast. you got to pick one. Which one? I'm going to go east coast because that's um, that's where I think uh, Caleb Nemers really started to spread his professional wings in Boston. But he's made a move. He joins us now. Caleb, good morning. How are you, bro? Good morning, Scott. How are you? Good. Tell everybody where you are now. So I, I was in Boston for 13 years. It's amazing. And uh, I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm out in Western PA about five months ago. So I'm still on the East Coast here. So still well, an hour ahead of you. Bro. And you're in Pennsylvania. Quickly, what are your thoughts on what the PIAA has done in uh, uh, you know chastising these kids, these parents, coaches etc in their recent ruling matter of fact they doubled down at their most recent meeting and extended the penalties for these kids in other words their kids were already down and you get together for the meeting and you kick them again right in the mouth what are your thoughts right yeah it's big news around here but i mean it's obviously big news you know everywhere around the country and and i think you know what what you have to do and and we're going to talk about this here in a little bit you have to think about, you know, what's the reasoning behind it, you know, and who is it going to really affect, and, and the people that it that affects are the, are the kids, you know. And, you know, believe it or not, what matters still is is representing your, your school, your city, your state, you know, wherever at at your state tournament, and that's been taken away from these kids. And, and that's something that, um, I don't know. Look, I don't know all the factual information on it, but um, uh, honestly, I mean, when you're hurting kids like that, especially some kids that haven't even gone into, that aren't even in high school yet, right? Um, you know, and then and giving us the ability to to see guys like like the Bassett boys even even wrestle at that level, or you know, it, it's not good for anybody. Part of Team Young Guns, I believe. As a matter of fact, here here's the deal. You know, it's these older. And the older mindset of the guys that are, I'm sure, well-intended, but there's a bit of glory being a part of the advisory committee or the board, if you will, of PIAA. But their opinion of what went down is very much a public school opinion, not inclusive of the private schools. And and those are the ones that are getting bishop court, uh, uh, obviously, is the uh, uh, their target. And those kids are being denied the opportunity to compete to be seen um, in their, you know, where they should be at the high school level competing for a state title. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just not good. It's terrible for the kids. I mean, I was able to have, you know, I, I had a, we had a pretty good relationship between Grandview 
and mm-hmm. um, Southeast Polk with um, the legendary Jason Christensen. Amen. Um, so, and I was able to wrestle for him, but I, I didn't even go to that school. And so we had a good relationship with them where I was able to dual enroll coming from a private school to a public school. And we didn't have an issue, you know, because the, the whole thing is you, you want kids to be able to participate in a sport in general, not just wrestling, but, but in that where you're going to learn life lessons that you really can't in the classroom. Yeah. And, and that's the sad part. Or talk you know, about Caleb Nemmers. He's in Pennsylvania, obviously Pennsylvania, one of the top uh, states in the country in terms of producing great wrestling and great wrestlers and consequently some very educated people. And there's a whole lot of educated people. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go to the news group, the wrestling room, uh, on Facebook, you'll see a whole lot of opinions. <laughs> Holy cow. Anyway, enough about that ducking Caleb, you and I were talking about this ducking has become an issue. And I'm not exactly sure why it has become what it has become, but the negatives, I think, far and away outweigh the benefits. Your thoughts? Yeah, and we were talking about this a little bit offline. And, Scott, you know, I think ducking probably isn't even the, the most fair way, you know, term to put out there. Right. It's more like a, I like to call it transparency, really. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, what the issues that we're having, you know, it's kind of like some people call it the Tom Brands effect, but, you know, it's not just Iowa. It's, it's all around the whole sport. We saw it with North Carolina here a little while back, where in the same day, um, when they go out to New Jersey, wrestle at the Prudential Center, tons of fans on BTN+. Plus. Um, they go out there and they wrestle Nebraska with a lot of their ranked guys, and they pull a bunch of them in the second, second duel. Now, what I want to make sure is really clear here, look, if, if guys are injured, they're injured. I right. totally understand that. But the problem that we have is, is we're not being transparent at all. And our sport is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. You know, with what we're doing, you know, with what you just talked about, you know, where fans are able to interact in places like, like the wrestling room, scramble, like different little forums and things like that. Um, tons of different media and podcasts and things where, where fans are able to interact. And that right. is great for the sport. Yep. Um, it's at an all-time high. Now, why is it at that high? Well, because fans are, are able to actually look at the product and see where, where they are and see the athletes that, that they want. And if, if they're not able to, to go to these events and see these athletes participate, then what are we doing here? You know? And the problem that I have is it's kind of like you, you've got like the, we'll take a page. I know we don't like talking about basketball that much, but what, what Jordan actually would, would say all the time when he played where he played every single day because he never knew when he was on the road, when a kid would be there, that it might be his first and last time ever seeing Michael Jordan play. That's right. And he was transparent about it and he was open about it. And that's why he's built a brand that is not going to be diminished ever. You know, it's, it's bigger than it ever has, you know? And I think we do this all the time in wrestling, you know, like we hurt ourselves because of a lot of pride issues that we have and, and things like that, where all you have to do is be transparent. And I, I think it's, it's almost like a greater NCAA problem, Scott, where, you know, you've got a couple different factors that are at play now where, you didn't, you didn't used to have them where we've got a couple things. We've got NIL, 
which these athletes are actually getting money from different sponsors. Name, so, image, likeness, right? Right. Okay. And you've got the gambling aspect that, that's put into it now. So when you talk about, you know, an injury report that needs to be put in for, say, college football, college basketball, and then wrestling still, that's going to have to come out sooner or later right. because it happens at the professional level and then it, it, it's going to need to come out here. You know, I tell my guys all the time that I work with, you know, you, you can you, you can come to me with a complaint totally fine as long as you've got a solution to the problem. You know, and, and uh, I think that that's going to fix a lot of these issues because, you know, you've got kids that are traveling hours to come to these meets and, and then they, they can't see Spencer Lee or, or they can't see right. whoever they wanted to come, come watch wrestle. What do you think, Scott? I'm, listen, I'm of the same um, belief. I, I truly am. I believe that uh, there is an obligation by every coach in the country to put their best foot forward and, and, and not hold a kid out of the first semester or the introductory weeks, if you will, to, to the season. But I believe that that kid has worked his entire life to get to that point of being on the mat for, in this case, let's go with Spencer Lee and the Hawkeyes. Okay. Is he on the list to wrestle against Iowa state on Sunday? No, he's not. And, and I don't know all the underlying reasons why he's not on the roster, the starting roster for the university of Iowa. I think he's a great kid. I think the coaches are outstanding coaches. I truly do. But for some reason, and I don't know if Morningstar was in on the idea of, of holding him out, but it is for the best of the program, or so Tom Brands would say. And right. I, don't, I don't know that they're doing the sport any favors. It's kind of like, why is the national duels uh, no longer, okay, where it used to be a major event every year, but there was not a year where you could get Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, the Power Five or the Power Ten, as it were, at that point. You couldn't get them all in the same room or on the same uh, plane to commit to that event. And therein lied. The, and by the way, when we had a roundtable about this, all the coaches agreed, if you can't get the number one, two, or three program in the country to compete at this event, no matter when it's held, if you can't get them to compete, why have the event? Is it for everybody else that'll, you know, take five through 20? Right. And, and honestly, Scott, I, I think what it comes down to, it, it's a coaching problem where we've allowed them to have probably more power than they really deserve. You know, where the reason why they're paid, what right. they are, why they're in the position that they're in is because of the fans. Okay. That's right. So you owe them this much. And I know that's kind of, it, it's, it's tough to say, and a lot of them don't want to hear that. But I mean, the reason why Tom Brands is getting a lot of flack for it, because it's not the first time that he did it. You know, he, he's done it with um, Sebastian Rivera, right? you know, when, when Spencer Lee was supposedly healthy, you know, and, and you could argue that wasn't something that helped Lee, you know, because Spencer's the type of guy, and trust me, it's not like I know him well or anything like that. But if he's 50%, he's going to want to go out there and compete. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's not the athletes that are holding themselves back. Trust me, they're, they're going to want to be out there every single day. It's the coaches that aren't allowing it. And, you know, because what we don't want, Scott, and this is what, what this could become, is the dual season doesn't matter. All these big events that we try to promote don't matter. And then it just comes down to the, you know, the conference tournaments, the Big 12s, Big 10s, ACCs, and then the NCAA tournament. So 
we're giving ourselves two weekends out of the year. That's it. That's it. If we're not careful. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some talk that uh, even with the idea that uh, wrestling has provided great numbers to ESPN by showing all matches, all mats, okay, that they may be dialing back the exposure that they're providing the sport. And I think that's a real wrong-headed step uh, by ESPN. And it could be, I'm not going to say disastrous because I think that would be strong. But I do believe that, that ESPN has made a commitment. I think they need to follow through with it. I'm you know, tired of uh, major, and listen, this is a broadcast partner of ours, ESPN, ESPN Radio. But I'm going to say this, that, that the, the dog, I'm tired of seeing the dog get wagged by the tail. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The yep. reason they're showing good numbers is because of the athletes, the coaches, and the sport itself, and they should maintain that commitment and perhaps even look to grow it as we add more women's programs. We're going to start seeing women's wrestling on the national level as well, and grateful for that, by the way. Let's switch up the gears here a little bit. Cyhawk duel going down Sunday, December 5th, 7 p.m. Eastern, that's 6 p.m. Central, and 14 of the 20 wrestlers that are ranked those are going to be five head-to-head ranked matches. What are your thoughts on the importance, win or lose, for either team? What's the importance of this event, not just in the state, but on the national scene? I mean, I, I think it's more so important for a program like Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to come out and compete. And I, I, heard, I saw a video of, of what Kevin Dresser put out there the other day, similar to what I, I think a lot of coaches tell their guys. You know, you're not supposed to win. But this is an opportunity and a stage for you to be able to prove that you can compete at this level. And when you've got the number one team in the country coming into your house, right. you better be ready to go. Right. And this is what, this is kind of like what we were just talking about, Scott. This is why you're there. You mm-hmm. know, you don't wrestle to beat up on people all the time. Nope. That's no fun. You wrestle for atmospheres and environments like they're going to walk into a Hilton Coliseum. And that's going to be an awesome environment. I know David Carr is going to be ready. Yeah, boy. You know, <laughs> um, you know he, he'll be ready to bring it. Um, there's a lot of other veterans on that team. You know, that the have seen Iowa a couple of years back. Um, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that was really on TV at all when Iowa State lost by a point. Um, you know, when Iowa had a highly ranked team coming in there, right. you know, before that. But, um, you know, it, it's been one-sided recently. And I, I don't think that you can... You can't deny that. Iowa really cleaned up a couple of years ago with them. And so we'll see. Um, what do you think about it? I want to I go to the heavyweights, okay, because the difference between then and now is never more evident than the performance of and the appearance of one Tony Cassiope of the University of Iowa, currently ranked number five in the country, and I believe he's even better than that. But heavyweights are as competitive right now even more so over the last 10, 20, even 30 years. Your thoughts on Tony Cassiope at the University of Iowa? Well, his body transformation has been something that a lot of people have talked about, right? (laughs) Um, The guy looks like almost a movie star now. But, um, yeah, he's looked great. Obviously, I mean, he he won a a junior national title, or world title, I'm sorry. World title, right. And so he's done great on that stage. And then I think he, he's got a, a little bit of an unfair rap where, um, you know, he lost that his first duel of the season, you know, to, uh, to the Princeton heavyweight. And that can happen in that weight class. You know, you can get rolled through and right. things like that can happen. But 
I think he's come back, and um, I think this is another opportunity for him to prove, you know, hey, I, I deserve to be in the conversation with guys like a Mason Paris and and um, and and obviously Gable at the top. Where, you know, before that loss that he had um, to the Princeton heavyweight, I'm sorry, I don't for, I don't remember his name, but um, he'd only lost to Gable and and, and Mason Paris, which is kind of yeah amazing. Mm. Cassiope has had a body transformation that most people could only hope for, wish for, but Tony's put the work in. He'll be facing Sam Schuyler of Iowa State and the Cyclones in this home match for Sam. It's important for Sam to put on a good show, but still younger in his years. So is Tony, though, for that matter. I do, as we round out the the hour, I do want to get your take on Kemmerer uh, or Nelson Brands. I think it will be Kemmerer. I really do. Uh, against either Joel Devine or Julian Broderson of Iowa State. What's your take at 74? <laughs> so are we talking about Kemmer or Dr. Kemmer? Doctor, Scott? doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, as long as um, he's able to get, you know, all those gray hairs off of him, and he's, what, 33 now coming into – no, I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's good to see him come back. It, it's great. Um, you know, hopefully we do see him, you know, um, and, and I'd love to be able to – He's he's kind of been that one of the linchpins yep. of being able to get a lot of those Pennsylvania guys to stay there. Right. And then, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you get a guy like that in the room who's got a great reputation in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, he's able to get guys to come there, so new recruits and things like that, through that Young Guns Club. Right. So hopefully we see him. Look, I mean, Nelson Brands has been great, too. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> It's Tom Brands has one. He's got some something that a lot of coaches don't have, and, and that's depth, you know. And 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 I, I don't think it matters who he pulls out there; they're going to compete, you know. And, and and honestly, that that's what what's unfortunate here is what I don't want. You know, we talk about ducking and being transparent and mm-hmm. things like that. This isn't you know us us ripping on Tom. I think no. he's great for the sport. I love listening to Tom. Yep. You know, whenever I can, Coach Brands. But um, you know, it's about making the sport better. Amen. That's really what it's about. And and, you, I, and you've made the broadcast better. We're up against the clock, Caleb. Let's do it again soon. Thank you very much for not just the idea, but the performance as always top notch. Thank you for that. Happy holidays. I'll look, are you going to be at Iowa State versus Iowa? I will not be there. I'll, I'll be there in spirit, though. Tell you what, show up at, at Humboldt, Iowa, as Iowa State and Purdue do it upright on the 19th of December. <laughs> you know it. I'll All get right. you, I'll get you in, dude. You can be my... Uh, you can be my co-host of uh, as I announce the event. I'll send you the bill. All right, <laughs> it's not that far from Pennsylvania. Come on, anyway. <laughs> mail, right? Caleb Nemers has been our guest. Caleb, good talk with you, my brother. Appreciate the friendship and your knowledge. Have a good one. There we go. All right, uh, coming up, Tadaki Hata, the great one, Japanese born, uh, Japan born, I should say, but truly raised in the sport at Oklahoma State and the price he's had to pay for doing just that. Rob Cole, the new uh, top dog at, at um, uh, <laughs> Stanford. <laughs> it was only one of the biggest stories of the year, and I can't remember the name of the school. Come, Come on, on, Scott. And Julia Salata, they'll be along in hour number two. You're listening to the USA Takedown, Casper and Jones. Stay tuned. We'll be back after the short timeout. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown.
right. Welcome back to the show. Hour number two, the big program on ESPN Radio. Glad you're with us. Scott Casper, Kira Jones, producing the program. And, yes, she has her own take on a lot of different things, including my uh, screw-up in the last, very last part of the last segment, okay? So I couldn't remember the name of Stanford. I did pretty good for the first hour, the entirety of the hour. I wasn't bad, but, boy, did I cap it off, didn't I, huh? Rob Cole, thankfully, was not listening to that segment or not yet, at least, but I'm sure we'll hear about that later. Um, Julia Salata will be joining us talking about the recruiting accelerator and why her move to that signif- signals what's going on in the world of women's wrestling and why it's important to men's wrestling. She'll be joining us, Rob Cole. But we start the hour with a great friend of the show, great friend of the sport in Tadaki Hata. He joins us now from Ohio. Good morning, Tadaki. How are you? Well, good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. And when people say, is it Hata-san or is it Tadaki-san? Either or. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I was called worse than that. I bet you were. <laughs> um, let's take us through uh, yeah. the point where we are today. And let's get us there, because uh, you were largely criticized by um, uh, fellow athletes in Japan, coaches, etc., for your departure from, from Japan and going to the States to wrestle at Oklahoma State, and yet you were able to rise above it all and become one of the level best in history for our sport. i got to believe at some point, somewhere in your soul, you were hurt by that. You know what? It doesn't matter. I, you know, I think somebody told me this is like a Tomiyama now. He's a uh, president of the... Japanese Federation mm-hmm. when he was wrestling in the world championships and he looked at me and he said, Oh, I don't like him sitting on the corner against me. Uh, later he told me that. Wow. But I, you know, I, I wrestling, you know what I mean? Well, you let your actions yeah. speak. I mean, they do yeah. speak louder, right? Than any words. And you were able to perform a goodness sakes. And it wasn't just a focus on wrestling. It was a focus on martial arts, okay? Yes. Third-degree yeah. black belt. I don't know. if Have you improved on that in judo, a third-degree black belt? No, I haven't done much uh, judo or anything else except I coach rugby. That's all I do You're besides coaching, coaching some uh, you know, <laughs> clinic here and there in wrestling. Why? Yeah. Why rugby? What What drew you to the sport of rugby? I mean, you were with well, the Chicago yeah. Griffins and then St. Yeah. Agnes, uh, uh High School as a rugby coach. I co- well, I uh, I played for Griffins for several years when I was in, still in Chicago. Uh, then I learned rugby when I was in grade school in uh, in Japan. The Japanese people play more rugby than here. I did not know that. Yeah, and uh, my uh, phys ed teacher used to play rugby when he was in school, college, I think. So he introduced rugby to uh, phys ed class, you know. And then I learned some rules there. And uh, I haven't done much rugby till I moved to Chicago. And uh, I learned there's a club called Griffins, and I just went to practice and started playing rugby there. And I came to uh, later in Ohio, and I was at the St. Edwards High School mm-hmm. coaching uh, wrestling. 
And I told the principal at the time, and say, why don't you start a rugby team over here? He said, no, he started laughing. You know? <laughs> but but about, about three years later, and a bunch of you know, the kids, I, I guess about over 100 kids signed up for rugby. I like that. that. But yeah. there is a correlation there. There is a relationship between rugby, a very yeah. physical form of football, by the way. Correct. Yes. Exceedingly. Well, football physical. came from rugby. Exactly. It's, yeah. a, it's a gentleman's game. but rugby when i'd see a rugby player i know exactly that he's a rugby player with form design and his walk or her walk yeah Uh, Yeah. there's a there's a sense of confidence doesn't matter where you're ranked these kids these guys and gals have it and i love rugby for that reason but most people when they think of rugby they think of uh australia new zealand the land down under they think that because for the most part you know where uh, traditional or non-traditional football is a big here, uh, and I'm talking NFL, et cetera, NCAA, NFL. But okay. down there, man, rugby is king. And uh, yeah. talk yeah. about great champions. Woof. We're talking with Tadaki Hata, a legendary name in our sport. Uh, if there's a man that has a great interest in learning everything, it is he. He's not just been a third-degree black belt in kendo, a first-degree black belt. No, thank you, please. My my hands hurt just thinking about it. A two-time Big 8 conference wrestling champion and NCAA wrestling champ for Oklahoma State. And NCAA wrestling took third place for Oklahoma State as well. But most importantly, he's taken all that knowledge, okay? And people in the business, people in this sport have recognized him for his excellence in being an Olympic coach eight times. That doesn't happen often. Matter of fact, it seldom happens. Sometimes two, maybe three, but Olympic coach eight times. That's an honor bestowed on you by your peers. How does that make you feel all these many years later? You know what? I'm getting old now. (laughs) 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 I used to... uh, Besides just coaching, I used to wrestle. Like uh, I, I was one of those workout partners in those days. They, they didn't have a uh, luxury to take workout partners to different tournaments. Right now, you know, every tournament, <clears throat> even as team goes, uh, the workout partners go with them. Right. In those days, the coaches uh, were uh, workout partners. And actually, we, we wrestled full goals, you know, during uh, practice. Now, you know, those uh, way back, I don't know, 50-some years ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, that seems like a long time. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was good. I mean, good experience being there then uh, I'm still doing that and just not wrestling with them, but still coaching. Coaching has changed quite a bit since your uh, entrance at at Oklahoma State or even prior to that. But uh, perhaps that's the reason we're seeing guys your age, guys the age of Gable, et cetera, getting new hips, new knees, because there was those hot goes as a senior athlete, okay, and a coach. But perhaps that's one of the reasons why we're seeing guys like Gable and others with the new knees and the new hips. 
Um, and, and goodness sakes, uh, if it's okay for Gable, I think a lot of other folks are going to uh, allay the pain and get the surgery done and the replacement done. We're talking with Tadaki Hata, a well-respected artist as well. His paintings are hanging in our National Hall of Fame. And uh, I've always said I want a Tadaki Hata painting in my home, but I can't afford one, Tadaki. You have become popular beyond my wildest dreams, but your art is true. And I love looking at your work. Where does that passion come from? The painting? The passion for painting. Oh, you know, I just paint. Uh, recently, I painted almost almost every day. You know, a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me to paint this and that, but uh, uh, I painted something like a landscape or whatever I saw in the past. I usually take pictures, and then I bring it back. Then I look at them, and I paint. And uh, uh, recent paintings that I have done is from uh, during the training camp uh, this summer, in Japan, Nakatsugawa City, uh, I painted a couple of a painting of the bridges that I saw. Mm-hmm. They were very beautiful locations, you know. Then I painted some place in the back of the hotel. There's a walking path there that the only place that uh, U.S. team members and uh, staff can go out during the uh, pandemic uh, quarantine situation in the training camp. So I painted that uh, those scenes, and I, I'll look at them. You know, you know, they bring up memories also, but it's, I like to paint something nice, pretty, mm-hmm. you know. And given your rough-and-tumble history of mixed martial arts in all forms, I would say that that flies in the face of your history, the fact that you would like to, and you obviously you derive a great deal of enjoyment in painting, but you've yeah, also done a yeah. favor in sharing the knowledge uh, of the sport through your writing. And before we get to that, I do want to say this. This may be my observation, but leaving a country as beautiful and historic as Japan uh-huh. and then going to Oklahoma State, which basically is the middle of a desert, <laughs> what, yeah. what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, my impression, you know, like, I don't know if that was the first day or the second day I was there. I looked around and said, oh my gosh, <laughs> it, there's a street crosses. Crossed, you know, that, oh, that was it. In my, my time in Stillwater, it's, the it's, main street and uh, whatever the highway crosses there. Yeah, the, the overpass or bypass. Now, I will, I will say this. When you get there, in your mind, you close your eyes, and all you can see is the lush green that is most of Japan. I mean, there's, there's Japan has a variety of climates, of course. But at the same time, Japan is known as a very green and lush country. Mm-hmm. And uh, what beautiful architecture as well. I'm, I'm often thrilled at uh, architects and builders that can build... Uh, uh, a dwelling, a home, a, 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 a monument or whatever, using no uh, fasteners, no nails, no screws, and yet they stand the test of time. That's art, in my estimation, and it's some of the most beautiful work in the world. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, using nails and 
whatever. Yeah. Uh, during the uh, this Tokyo Olympics, in, uh, the platform under the mats. I don't know if you noticed or knew knew it, but it's made of uh, wood. What? Really? Yes, from uh, Nakatsugawa City, where the training camp was. The guy runs the uh, company here, uh, lumber company. Is the uh, their lumber? Uh, it, it's built underneath. And it, it's uh, it also absorbs the shock. It's very quiet. You know, I I guess without knowing that, I did notice it, but I never yeah. put that much importance to it. But therein lies the art, right? It's not always what you see that's important. It's what you don't see. Yeah, right. I I love that. And that takes me to the Wrestling Techniques Handbook. And by the way, folks, he's not tooting his own horn here. He is sharing his knowledge in this book that is a perfect gift for the young wrestler, male or female, in your life. Maybe a young coach. The Wrestling Techniques Handbook is a must-have for everybody in our sport. And it's that knowledge that he is sharing that uh, he brought with him from Japan, that which he was able to refine and define at Oklahoma State, and then on to the international uh, athletes that he has been able to um, help. Let's face it, that's what a coach does, help. You know, the coach will help you find what your faults are or what you need to improve on and try to take some of the glare off that, which you do so well, because you can't rely on that always. You need to expand your wrestling horizon. True or not? Yes, yes. I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, so uh, help the coaches or uh, wrestlers with what I know, and that's it. And, and then they can help some other people later. By you know knowing what I know, and I, I just appreciate what's going on. I'm wondering if you yeah. ever did a painting of the great Greg Strobel. No, I haven't done that. That is a guy that that yeah. obviously is in the Hall of Fame, but I think reflecting back on the career that he had as an athlete, yeah, uh, in Oregon, and then of course uh, uh, what he did with USA Wrestling in the early days. Yeah, and what he did at at Lehigh accomplished is, I think, selling it very short. But much mm-hmm. like you, he was able to step away from, you know, the the very heart of what he did, and that being wrestling, and go fishing. Yeah. I mean, to be able to settle one's mind for the patience and the and the uh, the pattern of what fishing delivers mm-hmm. uh, is much like painting. I would imagine I can't paint, and I'm surely not a good fisherman. <laughs> As a a fish would be more than happy to tell you. (laughs) Because there are thousands of them that would join in that course. Uh, But the Wrestling Techniques Handbook is out there and available. It's affordable, and the knowledge is priceless. You can find where can people find the book? And what if if they came up to you at an event? Would you be willing to sign it for them? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll sign it. Facebook. I don't know if you do Facebook. Well, I do FaceTime. Uh, yeah, no, it's, Facebook, not, it's not FaceTime. Uh, it's Facebook. Yeah, I do FaceTime. Yeah, look for me and uh, <laughs> message me. I'll take care of that from that. 
Okay, so right now, so I'm the only one selling book, my okay. books right now. And and there's, uh, I think, some sense of greatness when you are able to be reached by your fans and fandom. But it's Tadaki Hata, T-A-D-A-A-K-I, Hata, H-A-T-T-A. And I, I love your history, Tadaki. I have a, an immense amount of respect for you. We don't agree on everything. Right. I think yeah. we've proven that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay, okay? What I believe in is what wrestling has done, not just for you, but what wrestling has done for me and the thousands of kids, male and female, across this country and around this world. We are a much better people for having Tadaki Hata a part of it. And I appreciate you. Thank you. I hope your day is outstanding. I truly do. But folks, the book, the wrestling techniques handbook, it'll come to you directly out of Ohio. And you can add that to your collection of great, uh, wrestling books that desperately need to be a part of your collection. Uh, but it's the wrestling techniques handbook to Hata, the author, the artist, the rugby coach, the NCAA champ, First degree black belt, kendo, judo. And by the way, if you think judo is a joke, think again. Look at all of those that are excelling right now because judo is in a lot of ways uh, challenged like wrestling was just a number of years ago. But judo is starting to emerge as one of the incredible sports that it we all know has been and most yeah. likely will continue to be. Tadaki, yeah. I wish you the best during this holiday season. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. I owe you a hug. And you will get okay. it, my friend. You will feel it. You will feel the hug. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, my brother. Thank you so much. If you help me, I'll duck to <laughs> I love you, brother. You be good, right. okay? Thank you. There we go. The legendary Tadaki Hara on the sport. That's one of the reasons we are able to say on this ESPN program that this is where the legends live. They come on the show because I love talking to them, and I like talking to and reliving their history. And there's probably more history. If I don't go to break right now, there'll be a history off air you don't want to hear. We'll take a break. It is USA Takedown on 1350 ESPN at 102.1 FM as well. Stay tuned. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right, nine Cardinals will take to the mat as the 22nd-ranked Stanford Cardinal travel to Las Vegas in the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational that takes place this morning and throughout the day, and again tomorrow and throughout the evening tomorrow as the championships are decided. Michigan, the odds-on favorite to take it, but they've been upset before. But with the advent or the introduction of a young man named Nick Siriano, that definitely ups their opportunity to take that number three or four ranked program in the country to the next level. So that's coming up next for the uh, uh, for 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 Stanford and Michigan, the Las Vegas Invitational. And by the way, we would be remiss if we did not salute the legend that is Jim Keen. Uh, he passed, um, and I tell you what, the impact that Cliff, his father, that Jim. And, uh, and Tom and the rest of the Keene family have had on this sport is nothing short of tremendous and phenomenal. It truly is. I uh, was very blessed to be able to have a relationship with Jim Keene, as uh, some of you were out, uh, out there were able to have that same relationship. But I learned so much. 
He was a gentle uh, hand on the uh, rudder, as it were, of the sport, providing the right types of equipment at the right times, never able, uh, never afraid of going into research and development of a product, whether it was headgear, uh, coaching, or officiating gear. Uh, it was just outstanding. I think that um, we owe so much to the Keene family and the company that is Cliff Keene. Okay? So the Las Vegas invite is next for Stanford, and that perhaps is one of the reasons why we cannot get a hold of the great Rob Cole. Uh, he's either in transit from building to building. I'm sure he's been on the ground for a day or two. It's not that far from the farm to Las Vegas and the convention center where the event is taking place. And by the way, if you've never announced inside of a giant metal building, uh, you're missing out. Not. <laughs> that is the worst place to have an event other than size. You have to hang a lot of drapery to to be able to decorate and bring your mind out of the fact that you're in a large metal building. If you're going to a convention like Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which thousands of people attend, and all the major electronic companies and smaller companies as well, put their displays out for people to admire the new technologies, et cetera. It's where I saw my first flat screen TV. Okay. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've been with that your entire life, but think about this. They have been able to uh, turn that CES show uh, into an event and a place and a happening in large part because of the enormity of the facility. But when it comes to wrestling in three mats or four mats, however, Cliff Keen, uh, starts so maybe 12 minutes but that's still a far cry from filling the entire facility mm. but it's easy for a wrestler who just needs to get away from the action and the sounds and the sights and rest that's a piece of cake las vegas invitational that's what's going on we just had a great conversation with tadaki hada uh, he's a very generous person when it comes to sharing his knowledge and to this day he still learns uh from his peers, and they are learning from him. And that's perhaps the greatest sense of accomplishment that one could ever hope for, and that is knowing that you have affected your life's work and that of others, and they have of you as well. I'm a better person because of all those people I work with in broadcasting. I'm a much better person. I could not ever, ever have imagined that this program would be on the air some 30 years later having started. I didn't know what we we're going to talk about for a whole hour. I really didn't. And Coach Gable said, why don't you just ask me a question and I'll give you an hour-long answer. Now we do a two-hour show. <laughs> well, I have done plenty of three-hour shows, extended versions, because, for example, at the end of the NCAAs, we always do a champion's show, okay? Uh, it's one school in particular does not participate. That's Penn State. That's okay. We can still do a three-hour show, and it's actually a little better show because we're not as rushed, but we... We talk to each and every NCAA champion every year. I love that opportunity to salute. Too many times NCAAs go by and we stop talking about those athletes. Not fair. Not fair. I throw a red flag on that. I throw a challenge block on that because our athletes are some of the greatest athletes in the world of sport, period. Period. Generally speaking, they don't have public opinions that they think are important to everybody else. LeBron James. I don't believe, uh, you know, I believe wrestling is is more personal sport. It's, it's certainly a very rough and tumble sport, but we are producing some of the best student athletes in the country in any sport, as evidenced by our APRs. Man, there's if you're in the top ten, 
and it's a close run between 10 and 1. It truly is. What what we're seeing is great athletes, great student athletes, and great ambassadors for the schools of which they compete at. And Stanford, with the addition of Rob Cole as their uh, new head coach just months ago, is got their eye, has their eye, on becoming what Cornell became in uh, in the Ivy and on the national scene. Whoever thought that an Ivy League school, some are more pretentious than others. And I mean that in a good way. Okay? I do. Uh, and they deserve that. I mean, the Ivy is the Ivy. But to have Cornell rise up from the Ivy to challenge the best in the country, I want to put the shoe on the other foot. And the shoe is this. And the other foot is this, I should say that they rose to meet them. Too many times we put the underdog or the supposed underdog in place of of what the truth is. Other schools got to face Cornell, or in this case now Stanford. I would want to do that. Let me tell you something. Rob Cole is for real. His track record is for real. His legendary status as being the son of the wild, uh, the great one, the wild Bill Cole, as Steve Foster would often say the great legendary coach, once at UNI, then on to Penn State. I think is the evidence is there. Rob Cole knows how to coach. He also knows how to recruit. As a matter of fact, we'll talk a bit about the recruits uh, in the news segment here as we talk about Stanford. But Stanford has been able to assemble a, uh, a great uh, list of, of uh, athletes that are coming in. I'm struggling to find this here. Uh Las Vegas invite, of course. Cardinal Athletics. I'm I'm looking just like you folks might be, but they're uh, they've got seven to nine guys coming in that uh, will have a sense. I mean, these are top ranked guys. One, two, three guys. It's wrestling rich. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how he was able to do it in such a short period of time, but uh, he has an outstanding incoming class coming in uh, this fall and next year as well. Think back on what Cole did at Cornell. He won 20 Ivy League championships, 11 EIWA championships, and crowned some 16 NCAA champs. Produced, I want you to think about these numbers, 71 All-Americans, 177 NCAA qualifiers, 66 individual EIWA champs. Want me to read off their roster, and you can you can stop me if one of these names sounds familiar. Go for it. So we've got oh goodness, <laughs> Jaden. I think it's Abbas. We've got Abbas. Nick, Abbas. Yeah. Abbas. Mm-hmm. Nick Addison. Luciano Arroyo. Mm-hmm. Logan Ashton. Suhas Chundi. Elijah Cleaver. Charlie Derricott, which is a cool name. Right. Uh, Jackson Desario. Judah Doom. Tyler Eichens. Eichen. Eichen. Mm-hmm. Shane Griffith, Colby Harlan, Marshall Cools, Anthony Lay, Peter Ming, Jason Miranda. Any anything? There are guys with wrestling uh, with names I consider to be wrestling names. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, y- yes. Like Yanni Dickmalis. Yanni. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect example of a name that lends itself to the sport of wrestling. They are standout guys coincidentally on the mat. But also, they're the legend. I mean, he can go by one name and one name only. Okay? Well, the Brands Brothers, people say you got to wrestle Brands. Was well, it Tom or Terry? They got to share it. Okay? Or they did have to share it. 
But there are guys out there, Kimmerer, okay, Ironman, uh, names that have meant so much to so many, and they're absolutely embodiments. And I think when you think of Stanford uh, and all that they have to accomplish in a short period of time, it rests solely on the shoulders of one Shane Griffith. Why? Because he's remaining undefeated, and his uh, effort to remain undefeated will continue this week in Las Vegas, this weekend, I should say, starting today. But um, he's been given wrestler of the week how many times? Uh, surely in the Big 12, but on the national level as well. I'm just, I just believe that, uh, you know, if you look at his performance of uh, February 19th of 2020 against uh, North Dakota State, was just, I think, an example of what we can expect from uh, uh, from Griffith, but it's also his leadership by example, okay? Now, keep in mind, this team, the Stanford team, is going to wrestle at the Cliff King. Then they're going to go to a Reno Tournament of Champions, which is an outstanding event, and uh, Reno may be that dirty little sister, if you will, to Las Vegas, but it is the Reno Tournament of Champions. Then they're going to the Southern Scuffle at Chattanooga, which was a dream and a hope that that would be able to offer an alternative to those not going to the Midlands. Well, the Southern Scuffle has come into its own, and uh, they will be at the Southern Scuffle, as they have been in the past. Uh, And I should say, not necessarily Stanford, but Cornell. So again, Rob Cole, right? So I think it's interesting that he continues that tradition. Then it's off to Cal Baptist. Cal Baptist is on the very threshold of becoming a Division One program. The Lancers are for real. One of the reasons why, former Iowan, he and his wife both went to Iowa. And I'm talking about Lenny Zaleski. He had this vision that Cal Baptist and its uh, largesse, their ability to understand what a dream looks like for a program, what a dream looks like for the sport. Well, Cal Baptist is on the very threshold of becoming an eight, a Division One program. And I'm grateful for great leaders. And that program, by the way, is uh, one of the reasons why. I found found the list of the guys who are coming in. Go for it. This is what I've been looking for. Awesome. So we have, let's start at the beginning here. We've got Brooke Byers from Oregon. Is there a ranking attached to the name? No. Oh, yes. Maybe if I actually read the article. (laughs) So we've got Brooke Byers projected to wrestle at 184 pounds, two-time Oregon State champ, four-time high school All-American, 2020 Oregon Wrestler of the Year. Uh, Let's see. Ranked 12th in the nation by the open mat. I don't know who those people are. Uh, Ranked 14th nationally by intermat slash mat scouts. Uh, Also an academic All-American. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's something that really... Uh, I to be honest, surprised me a little bit that that, that wrestlers were great students. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, they they are given tools that some are not afforded. I'm talking about like tutors, study special study halls. These coaches are working with these athletes on grades as much, and in some cases even more so than they're working with uh, them on athletics or wrestling. Uh, we've got five minutes here, so I'll try to be fast. Okay. Uh, Daniel Cardenas from Arvada, Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's looks like he's going to wrestle at 
149, 157 in there. Uh, U.S. Marine Corps Fargo runner-up, which sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Five-time All-American, ranked number one in the nation by Matt Scout, number three in the nation by Flow Wrestling. Uh, those are the big things. You know, here's the deal about rankings. I don't, I don't follow rankings that I've never participated in the polls, and here's why. Because wrestlers don't wrestle rankings. They wrestle each other prowess on the mat individual results team results really do speak much louder than anybody's idea of what could be you can take a look at all the results from the past but who's on the mat today mm-hmm. rob cole will tell you that and he's been able to perform that magic at cornell and he's doing the same now at stanford it's evidenced by the performance yeah did they lose to oklahoma state when oklahoma state came calling you bet it you bet they did but you don't turn Rob, I mean, Rob was a four-year assistant at Cornell before uh, assuming the the reins of being the the head coach. You look at all of that. He was taught by Jack Spates, among others. Steve Garland at Virginia was a beneficiary of the same type of education as an assistant coach under Rob Cole. I think there's so many great guys. You you mentioned Daniel Cardenas of uh, Pomona High School in Arvada, Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's projected out at 49 or 57. He he would do well at either weight. Three-time Colorado State champ, ranked number one of the nation by Matt Scott at 52. And so therein lies my belief that he could do well at 49 or 57 if he's ranked number one of the nation at 152. Mm-hmm. And Jack Dara, a lot of hopes and dreams on this young man. He's a Fargo runner-up, Super 32. He took fourth there. Pan Am gold medalist in Greco. Pan Am silver medalist of freestyle. I'm just so pumped about the possibility of what Stanford wrestling has coming in the future. These are all guys like Philip Exeter Academy's Xander Galee out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Four-year letter winner, captaining his team as a senior, a tremendous leader. Leaders generally do so. They lead by example, right? And I do believe that that young man was super excited to sign with Stanford. Not just the gear that you get when you do your signing. You're going to wear this T-shirt, wear this hat or whatever. But he's now part of the legend that is the Cardinal history. Hunter Garvin out of Iowa City West High School lands at the farm out of Iowa City. Man, you know what? You can't recruit everybody in the state. Tom and Terry, Kevin and and Metcalf, you can't. But boy... How the, how he slipped out? It must be a, a, in search of a degree. Yes or no? Uh, possibly. I would imagine <laughs> so. I would. Yeah, Stan, Stanford. <laughs> I, you know, and Hunter Garvin, Think I believe, will wrestle at fifty-seven. <laughs> I do. I do. I do believe he will wrestle at fifty-seven. We'll see. He's got some great credentials. Mm. Currently ranked number three in the country at forty-five. I think he do. He'll do well no matter where he lands. Nico Provo, a Greens Farm Academy, a Stratford, Connecticut. He's projected to go at 125 or 33. Rob's always done well with the lighter weights. Always done well with the lighter weights. Take a look at Troy Nickerson. Oh, my goodness sakes. Troy Nickerson, now the head coach of Northern Colorado. I mean, there's a guy that absolutely bought into it. Smart, for sure. But also a, an incredible athlete. He had a broken, or and I think it was a shoulder issue. And I was up there doing the Cornell Body Bar Invitational, okay? And I know we've got about a minute left in the segment. 
But you think about it. He had a, so he sat down with me as we broadcast the Cornell Body Bar Invitational and did a yeoman's job doing color and providing information throughout that very long day of broadcasting. I think we talked for 12 straight hours. But Troy and I became friends because of that. Did we sideline him? No, we invited him in to do something completely different while still serving his sport. I love that. We would be remiss if we did not mention in the Stanford um, uh, future of Wyatt Richter out of St. Ed's in Cleveland. He's also projected at 125 as an Ohio State medalist. And I look forward to seeing this young man compete on the mat. Heck, I look forward to seeing anybody compete on the mat. I'm just that guy. People always say, how do you keep all of this in your head? I don't know. I don't. But for some reason, it's in there. I appreciate them. I love my coaches. I love the athletes and the fans. And they come up to me all the time and talk to me about wrestling. And I love the fact that even I am asking questions of them. I just absolutely love sharing that. And I hope you folks will be joining us on Sunday. Iowa, Iowa State. It'll be at Hilton Coliseum as the legend continues. We'll be back. It's where the legends are. It is USA Takedown on ESPN. Stay tuned. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. All right, welcome back to the program. As we uh, head to the top of the hour, hour number two of the program, thank you so much. It is wrestling season. The best laid plans don't always work, but um, I will tell you this. When you have great guests booked, you'll take them when you can get them. Generally, people, you know, when you make that uh, schedule, uh, you hope that everybody's on board. But wrestling is such an important uh, sport to focus on, and uh, and I love that. I just absolutely love it. But at the same time, I want you folks to hear from uh, these coaches, these athletes, and other fans, too. I love that, too. Uh, I don't know if you have a take on Iowa, Iowa State, and would like to share that with us. 244-1350, 515-244-1350. We don't often open the phone lines, but feel free to call in. 515-244-1350. Do you have a take on Iowa versus Iowa State at Hilton Coliseum? I think we've waxed poetic on this. Each and every year we do. Um, and by the way, congratulations to the University of Iowa for setting legendary numbers in terms of season tickets for wrestling. They are leading the way across the uh, country in terms of season tickets. There's a lot of hopes and dreams from Iowa fans that not only will they compete, but they'll compete and beat Penn State. I think that's the end-all be-all, right? So 515-244-1350, Kerry, you be the judge. Do they need and do they deserve to be on air? Okay. Is is that number right? 244-1350? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. All right. So our, our guest at this point is a woman that's really done a great job becoming an important American athlete in women's wrestling. And it's Julia Salata. One thing she's done well in her career is to move things. She's helped move uh, King University. Okay. She's helped the uh, movement called Wrestle Like a Girl. Uh, she's a tough cookie with a long history. Yeah, I know that's the song. But <laughs> but she's been a great athlete. 
uh, with an impressive resume, a two-time WCWA national champ, the 2018 U.S. Open winner, won gold at the 2019 Pan Am Championships, and scores and scores of other accolades. Matter of fact, she helped move the King University program forward, recruiting and coaching at one of the top programs in the country since she graduated in 2017. People say, well, that's only that four or five years uh, ago. It seems like a lifetime. Okay. And I think that's important to note that a lot has taken place in women's wrestling over the last four to five years, but even more so over the last year. Mike Moyer will tell you that. I would agree with that. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look something up here, Kira, as I so often do not. Uh-oh. <laughs> I want you to just dial this, this up and see if, if, um, well, it's gotta be the right spelling, right? And see if you can pick up this gentleman right here. Here we go. All right. So some of the accomplishments for this young lady and Julia Salata is taking an in-depth organization that's doing a lot to help women's programs and women's wrestling in, as a whole is Wrestle Like a Girl. And there are a lot of things that make up Wrestle Like a Girl that most people don't even realize. Whether it's uh, having a relationship in Washington, D.C., speaking out on the roles and the activities of women in front of Congress, but being an advocate, being a part of the machine that is Wrestle Like a Girl, Okay. There are a lot of folks that don't understand that you've got to be in, uh, in position to influence others by educating them. Many people, and it was 10, 15 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago when John Saatchi said, no women's wrestling, not going to support that. And I challenged him to change his mind. And then he retired. So perhaps that was a indicator that, you know, the old guard in order for us to be able to serve the future of our sport, that the old guard needed to either retire or change their, uh, you know, their opinions of the sport. Well, Salada has worked on three main initiatives. She's worked on securing emerging status for the NCAA for women's wrestling, okay, which is very important. It's very political, and I'm, I'm not always appreciating that. Okay, the NCAA emerging sports status for women's wrestling. How important is it? And I think, by the way, they're slow rolling it. I really do. I know that there's a formula to having a certain number of schools, a certain number of programs, the Division One, Division Two, et cetera. But this is an effort that is, uh, in large part, successful because of positive lobbying of the NCAA administrators, of those in Congress the NCAA must answer to. Matter of fact, when the vote happened, it was just a few months ago, uh, well, okay, a little over a year ago, that we need to get the NCAA administrators, many of which don't have women's wrestlings at their schools. Some don't even have men's wrestling. So many of them don't even understand how women's wrestling works, how it exists, the benefits to having that program on campus. And I think, be, you know, it's, it's like news, uh, sports news guys don't, um, they don't talk about judo. They don't talk about uh, taekwondo. They don't talk about BJJ or wrestling because they don't know it. So it's our job to educate them so they have an interest. They didn't all go in knowing everything about football, but it was almost like they are being force-fed the round ball sport, round ball being basketball, football, baseball, okay? They're being force-fed these sports 
that have seasons. Wrestling doesn't have a season. It's a great topic. It's a great story that is unfolding before our very eyes. So what would your plan be to get wrestling to that pedestal that we seem to put all of these other sports on what what would your what's your five-step plan five-step plan uh first of all have a a men's coach right that's one okay (laughs) that understands it welcomes it and is willing to promote it okay it's so very important that we have a men's program or if in fact a university uh would do so adding men's and women so many programs are being reignited for men, and at the same time, they're introducing a women's program as well. And I think that is terrific. However it happens, we have to have strong leadership. We have that in the NWCA with Mike Moyer and company, Pat Tossi. But I believe that we have to have strong leadership. Then we have to have the athletes to fill the holes. Guess what? Got them in spades. We've got plenty of athletes that uh, understand wrestling and understand their part in it. Historically, we have so many young women across the country at whatever level, Division One, Two, Three, JUCO, uh, doesn't really matter. You've got to remember, for for the longest time, there was only women's wrestling at the international level here in the States. It wasn't that long ago where it was a hope and a dream of some of the pioneers of our sports. And when I say pioneer, oh, pioneers, you think about it. There's a lot of truth to that Walt Whitman poem, if you will. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that and a lot of similarities to what women have been going through over these last 15, 20, and even 30 years. Salada is the reason why, one of the one of the reasons why, one of the beneficiaries uh, to our sport is Julia Salada because she's been a part of it and she has been a big believer in getting the NCAA administrators, many of which don't have wrestling, as I mentioned, at their schools. But the second initiative for Julia Salata is to work on education for women's coaches. That's what we're talking about in educating educating, uh, sports reporters, uh, sports anchors, at whatever uh, whatever, uh, institution, whether it's uh, uh, WHO here in Des Moines, KCCI or Channel 5, WI. We have to give them the knowledge and help them build a wider understanding of what wrestling is, both men's and women's. And therein lies, I think, the opportunity we have to continue the growth. The third initiative, I think, will be developing the Body Image Positivity Project. When the Committee on Women's Athletics recommended women's wrestling for emerging sports status, the NCAA came back, as you might guess, with a series of questions. And one of the biggest things that they were concerned about was body image positivity and knowing how we are going to uh, going to combat, as it were, to combat these issues. That includes body dysmorphia, eating disorders, positive practice environment, all of that, and even so much more. Similar to a coaching curriculum in development, the WLAG has developed a webinar series to educate on these issues and more. And the training educates athletes on how to support their teammates. And it wasn't that long ago where the girls didn't have female teammates. They had male teammates. And that wasn't always met with welcome and open arms. Matter of fact, 
a lot of guys did not, they chose not to wrestle because they had to wrestle a girl. Mm-hmm. Well, talk about challenging America's, you know, manhood. They really, they really did just that. I think that was pervasive in large part because of the old time coaches and parents that were stuck in a time warp. Now we're seeing some female wrestlers out there as good, if not better than many of their high school counterparts. So that coaching curriculum is so very important. We got to train our athletes how to be supportive of their teammates, have positive language in the locker room. Yeah, it's in the women's locker room too. So don't feel alone, guys. (laughs) Clean it up. Positive language. That can affect everybody, mind and body. We talked about that with Nate Carr Sr. about how language, thought process, positivity can be beneficial in your desire to be level best in your sport, wrestling in particular. The initiatives are a primary focus for our sport, but, and the growth of our sport in terms of women, but as we see our women rise, so will rise our men's programs, and we're seeing that happen before our very eyes. I, for one, and I think you are too, Kira, excited to be a part of the team that is promoting all the positives that that wrestling has to offer and now even more so for women because many for many years they were wrestling in the shadows and now they're wrestling in the bright light that is it is not just tough girls girls that are tough because of wrestling and you've been able to talk with so many of them on this very show whether they've won olympic gold and wrapped themselves in the flag of prosperity or if they were working their way up hoping for an opportunity to be coached by a Terry Steiner or a Clarissa Chun. And if you remember just several weeks ago, Clarissa was on this show on a Friday on ESPN's USA takedown. It's with Scott Casper and Kerry Jones. <laughs> I don't know why I had to say that, but I did <laughs> anyway, she was on the show. And then Monday it was announced that she would become the very first. And I'm talking about history folks. She became the very first coach for the women's team, the new women's program at the University of Iowa. I'm so excited because that means she'll be in town and yeah. she can, like, come in. I would, well, I would like that very much. Oh. I think the world of her. There was a time when she was doing She's some uh, mad side broadcasting and wrestling for television. <laughs> well, she had the looks and the knowledge. That's a, you know, that's a double barrel shotgun right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was thinking, I have limited time in front of the camera as it should be i suppose <laughs> but she was uh, talk about a contender no matter what she wanted to do because she's that driven and focused to be the level best and when the university of iowa's gary barta announced that julie uh, that Cr- clarissa chun would become their very first head coach that's history and talk about somebody that's been there done that amazing international competitor, but she's turned out to be an amazing coach. And that's what the University of Iowa hired. They didn't hire her specifically because she was a woman. You don't have to be a woman to coach women's wrestling. But isn't that a great and strong leadership move for the University of Iowa to hire a female coach? If you remember, Mark Cody, down at Presbyterian, is the director of wrestling operations for men's and women's program. And he's also the head coach for men. But... He had a strong uh, husband and wife duo, if you will, uh, doing a great job. And they took another job out of state. 
So now Mark is having to reevaluate the landscape to find a, another head coach uh, that really truly gets it. So in these last few minutes, yeah, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but so we're seeing currently the rise of women's wrestling. Yep. So when they get there, what's the what's next? Well, obviously you got to have state championships for high school. Okay, so you have to have recognition along the way for efforts put forth. Okay, so you have to have state championships. That means states. And it's not just the women, it's the guys too. Stop challenging it. We have to have states. Like Pennsylvania did not approve women's high school wrestling. Okay, that's stupidity. If you want to be a leader in the sport, be a leader in the sport. Stop resting on your so-called laurels. You know, it took Iowa a while to get there, but we are moving in the right direction, thankfully. I'm sure you will see, I mean, Grandview College, Grandview University, pardon me, has had a women's program, and most people don't know this, but they are one of the level best women's programs in the country. King, Lindenwood, uh, Cumberland's, there's so many programs out there that you've not heard of because they don't have national competition Well, they're getting it. That's what it takes to be in the news, to be able to compete, travel across the country, wrestle your uh, comrades at other schools, to use a difficult term, comrades. Uh, but I believe that in order for wrestling, women's wrestling, to live up to its, uh, its place on the menu, I think, have they not just arrived? But the future looks so very bright. And it's because of people like uh, Julia Salata, who has taken to wrestling like a fish takes to water. An unbelievable athlete. And when you see somebody like a Clarissa Chun on the mat as a coach, you get it. She came from a state that did recognize women's wrestling, but there wasn't a lot of women wrestling. I mean, the number one pitcher at Oklahoma, okay, is a wrestler in softball I'm talking about. The number one pitcher in softball. She's also the most feared at bat. She put more home runs on the scoreboard for her team in her first season than anybody in history at that university. And she credits wrestling. I credit wrestling too. And what a tremendous interview. A well-spoken young lady, greatly uh, possessing an incredible confidence in herself, but an incredible confidence in the sport that she grew up in. She played baseball, she played softball, and she wrestled. And she wrestled boys. And let me tell you what, they knew it. I'm proud of that. And I hope you folks are too. Great program. Thank you so much for letting me wax poetic today. Enjoyed our conversations with uh, the great Tadaki Hata, Caleb Nemers. Always important to talk to Caleb as uh, we take a look at Iowa, Iowa State. That'll take place Sunday. Nate Carr Sr., so close to that program. Why? Because David Carr, his son, currently ranked number one in the country, will be the star at Iowa State this week, this Sunday, up at Hilton Coliseum. For Kara Jones, I'm Scott Casper. You've been listening to this edition of USA Takedown. It's where the legends live. We'll be back next week on the same channel. Thanks for listening.